Your organic search is over. Here's Naturally Savvy with health experts Andrea Donsky and Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. And you know, I have a child that has anxiety in addition to uh, some other issues that we deal with. So I was so excited when I got the book, Calming Your Anxious Child, Words to Say and Things to Do. It is by Kathleen Trainer. Uh, actually, Dr. Trainer, I should say. She joins us now. Hi, Dr. Trainer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be on your show. It's so nice to have you on. You know, in the book you write, effective methods for parenting an anxious child may seem counterintuitive. Talk to us about that. Because, you know, I think a lot of us have anxious children. We want to know we're doing the right thing. And so we'll go with our gut. But then maybe what we're doing isn't quite the right thing. So talk to us about what we need to do. That is an excellent question. I say that it's counterintuitive because when a child is anxious, you don't want to be overprotective. You have to try to engage the child to push themselves through the anxiety, which may mean that they will have to initially feel uncomfortable until the anxiety goes down. And when we're, you know, as a mother or a father, we want to protect our child from discomfort. So oftentimes parents walk on eggshells around an anxious child trying not to trigger the anxiety when in fact helping the child to tolerate a little anxiety and helping the child to push themselves through the anxiety is the most effective way of parenting. You know, I was so glad when I read that because I used to do the opposite. I, I'm definitely over coddling and I'm very protective of my daughter and she has this fear of dogs, even though we have two huge dogs, it's just other dogs, but they have a dog friend that I adore, this dog Blue, and I brought him over every single day, and she's like, don't bring Blue, don't let him in the house, and then I just, you know what, just let him in, I'll keep him on leash, no, 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 freaking out, and now she loves Blue, she sits in the car, she hugs him, she made a video about how much she loves him, so if I had just been like, okay, you keep your fear of dogs, I'm not going to push it, that would have been the wrong thing, even though I felt kind of guilty at the same time, like, I don't want to scare her, so how do you get that balance of not scaring them more, and, and actually having them move forward you engage the child so the child agrees and usually mm -hmm. I use a lot of rewards or incentives because children don't understand why this is important but it's very important for them to face their fears when they're irrational fears but you don't want to force it on the child you want to engage the child so for example you could say, how about if I bring the dog over and the dog will be on a leash and your goal is just to pet the dog while I have the dog right next to me. And if you do that, you can earn points towards the prize. And then the child is then motivated to do it instead of you just forcing it on a child. If you push the child, the child will push back. But the goal is to get the child to push themselves to free themselves from the anxiety. Do, do you find, Dr. Trainer, that anxiety, anxiety disorders are getting worse, or are we just better at diagnosing them? That is a million-dollar question. I don't think that there's enough research historically to really um, know the answer to that. I do think that we do live in a fast-paced, anxious world, and over more than 10 million children suffer from anxiety, which is a lot of kids. 30% of all children will be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, and that's a significant number of kids. So it's extremely prevalent. It's really like an epidemic right now. 
Now, what are some ways that we can help as parents? You know, I have three kids. Lisa says, you know, her daughter has anxiety. My, my three kids don't have it um, as badly as Lila does. But they do see, you know, I do see traces of it for sure that comes up. I guess my question would be is, when do we know that it's an actual disorder versus, you know, they're showing some anxious moments? So a certain amount of anxiety is normal. I mean, we all feel anxiety when we're doing new things, new challenges, new situations. But it's not overwhelming. It doesn't flood us. It doesn't make us avoid doing important things. When the anxiety is such that the child is avoiding important things or so flooded that they are uh, exploding because of the anxiety, then it becomes a real problem. And it's a problem not just for the child but for the family as well. So like with the example of the dog, if a child has a little bit of a fear of dogs but then quickly can become comfortable with them, that's fine. But I've had children who they're riding their bike and they see a dog across the street and they fall off their bike and run away. I mean, that almost becomes a dangerous thing. So it's when it's extreme and when it's persistent. It doesn't pass. It continues on and on and on. And it's totally irrational. Now, I know that you are big on cognitive behavioral therapy for this, and that's what your practice focuses on. For people who are new to that, what is cognitive behavioral therapy? Excuse me, cognitive be- I, Cognitive. What, you know, I'm CBT. <laughs> cognitive. CBT. cognitive and how does it work? Therapy. So cognitive behavioral therapy is evidence-based, meaning that there's a lot of research out there that supports the effectiveness, particularly with anxious kids. The cognitive part means changing the way you think about the fears, And the behavioral part means setting behavioral goals so that you change the way you're acting in response to the anxiety. And CBT, or cognitive behavioral therapy, actually has been shown to change the brain's function. Um, And that's very, very exciting. So you're actually changing the brain and reducing the anxiety through using this therapy. Hmm. You know, it's funny, I when I was in my teens, I actually had severe anxiety and I used cognitive behavioral therapy and it worked really well for me, among other things that I did. So do you recommend any type of nutritional support for people who are, I mean, is that, I don't know if that's part of your practice or not, but something nutritionally that helps people as well deal with their anxiety? Yes. As a matter of fact, I try to look at the whole child and family. So I don't say avoid this or don't eat that, but I do talk about healthy choices around food. Exercise has been shown, proven to reduce anxiety and improve mood. So I always ask about eating. I always ask about exercise. I always ask about sleeping. Kids need to sleep. A lot of kids are sleep deprived and that makes anxiety worse. So I think you want to be looking at the whole child. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. You really need to take a holistic view. And I know everyone's like, oh, here goes Lisa again. But I'm so strict about sleep. And I see that it makes a huge difference, not only in the anxiety issues, right, but in other issues as well. Uh, And I just think it's so important when you can do an approach like this that you can get the child interested in. And do the parents have to be in there with them? Or does it, I guess, depends on the child's age? Or how does that work when you work with families? It depends on the child's age. The younger the child, the more you want the parents involved. The older teenagers oftentimes want to do it by themselves, but sometimes they want their parents involved. I like parents being involved in the therapy because they understand then 
how to help their child. They're learning along with their child about anxiety and how to help the child. And then the goals are set. And oftentimes these are goals that the child has to practice every day. So parents being involved and aware of that can be very supportive and helpful. Dr. Trina, what would you say, you know, would be one thing? I mean, obviously there's many, but what would you say would be one thing a parent can do today to help an anxious child? So one thing you could do is Learn more about anxiety, not blame yourself, because I think a lot of parents who have anxious children think it's their fault. Realize that many normal, healthy families have anxious children, and do not be overprotective, but try to engage the child in learning about anxiety and help the child to set goals to push themselves through the anxiety. Hmm. Well, I have one more question. We have about 10 seconds left. So you could, I would love to have you back on because obviously it's a very heated topic. Would you say that this, that anxiety disorders would be genetic or it's something that they can obviously help, you know, basically, even if it is genetic, something they can do to help themselves, obviously? It's often genetic. Often anxious parents have anxious children. I think it is very genetic, but certainly kids who have been traumatized and had difficult, painful situations could also have anxiety due to the situation. Excellent answer. Well, thank you, Dr. Trainer. You can learn more about Dr. Trainer and her practice at trainercenter.com. That's T R A I N O R C E N T E R.com. I'm Andrea Donsky along with Lisa Davis. This is Naturally Savvy Radio on Radio MD. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Your Radio MD and at Naturally Savvy. Thanks for listening and stay well.